0: The, the other quick bit of news for us um, is that uh, this obviously is the end of our Ecclesiastes series this morning, um, which uh, I wasn't expecting an R, um, but, uh, but we got one. Um, but it's just, it's been a it 's been a good series, Do you know I mean, you know I, I was talking uh, on WhatsApp with a few guys and just expressing how, how we felt it gone and uh, yeah it 's been a very challenging series, and I think today, as we get into the final bit of things we 're going to see nothing different at all um, as we go there uh, next week. Um, some of us uh, will be uh, heading up to no- uh, Norwich for New Day, um, some of us will be here and we're going to be starting our Summer Sundays which if you were here you'd have seen on notices uh, where we, we just feel to, to stop the under-11s work just for uh, sort of four weeks to give the workers a real blessed chance to recharge. So rather than turning up and thinking uh, why is there no children, we'll just be praying for the workers that, that, that God would speak to them, that would be with them um, and would empower them of things and uh some that summer Sundays this year are going to be uh, pretty much normal we'll have a, a slightly shorter time of worship uh much shorter 20 minutes of preach and then fellowship and I want to plug to parents this year um with a few bits of help our uh junior church, are getting their own weekly sermon notes sheet. Okay, So the idea is that they, they mingle and sit with parents, and I'm looking forward to this because it tells us that these were recorded on a date by, I can imagine some uh, creativity there. Uh, today's preacher was, uh, uh, to illustrate a scene from today's sermon, Okay, we've got something cool that was said at church, words I don't know. I think we could do these for adults, we didn't know. <laughs> Shouldn't that be with me? Things I will pray for this week. Yeah, there you go, Nicky. You uh, this. My favourite song today. Do you know what I mean? Uh, today's passage, questions I have, and then the idea is obviously to interact it. So it's not just uh, literal, do you know what I mean? So it's not just dump kids at the back and hope that we get by for an hour. <laughs> you know, we want to build as one, as one age group, yeah? And, uh, and I'm, I thoroughly, I'm looking forward to being back the week after and uh, seeing what my daughter's right. I think I'll have two very different sheets when we get home and I'll leave it there. Um, but, but we'll go there. But as I say, yeah, you know, today uh, we come to the end of Ecclesiastes. Um, um, and, uh, you know, really, as we come to the end, uh, it sets us up perfectly for, for, for the summer of goodness, which is where we're going. But also, uh, in the middle of that, on the 4th of August, um, Ben and myself will just be doing a little joint thing, talking through the God's central values, because we're well aware that, you know, that there are key things which we as a church hold to. Um, most of you will have come across those on kind of a foundations course with the help of John Groves on video, or uh, with um, different breakouts and bits and coffees we've done. But we just thought we'd pull it all together and do a Sunday. So the 4th of August is huge because uh, it gives you the heart of God Central. And, uh, and obviously, if you're wanting to get stuck in, and if you're in a church, then the idea is you get stuck in and served. Then it's really important foundation step, just that we're on the same page. And, uh, and as you know to coin the passion song of the moment. You know, the passion song of the moment is, you know, more to come. And, you know, as Menard's brought there and Jill brought during the worship, and I'll come back to those, you know. You know, the last 12 months for us as a church have been... Massively significant in our nine and a bit years. Do so, I mean, you mean know, it's been a season where where we've known the presence of God in a different way, where we've been more united than we've been in the past, where God has moved us uh, strategically to here, and and we're really not done yet. You know, we're still trusting for more of the leading of our God, and uh, you know, and so we're going to be unpacking that a little bit in different slots over the summer. But uh, let's get into Ecclesiastes 12 and we're going for uh, a whole chapter in one and you'll see why because there's, there's, there's some good nuggets in here and Dan, wherever he is, has been memorising this. He sent me WhatsApps of him trying to memorise it last night so we'll see how he, how he goes. But if you want to turn, Ecclesiastes 12, Dan's going to come up and Dan, try and use this one but it is cutting in and out again. Um, so let's have a look at this and then we'll go quickly through it this morning. We haven't got loads you can stick it on there if you want.
1: Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honour him in your youth before you grow old and say, life is not pleasant anymore. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon and stars is dim to your old eyes and rain clouds. Continually darken your sky. Remember him, your legs, for guards of your house. Start to tremble and before your shoulders the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth. Your few remaining servants stop grinding and before your eyes the woman looking through the window seem dimly. Remember him before the door to life opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds but then the, their sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you fearful, fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets. Before your hair turns white like almond trees in the bloom and you drag alone without energy like a dying grasshopper and the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Um... Remember him, your creator, now while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and pulley is broken at the well, for then the dust will return to the earth, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. Keep in mind, the teacher was considered wise and he has taught the people everything he knew. He listened carefully to many proverbs, studying classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truths clearly. The words of the wise are like cattle prods, painful but helpful. they collected sayings like a nail-studded stick with a shepherd drives the sheep. But my child, let me give you some further advice. Be careful for writing books in endless and much study wears you out. That's the whole story. Here is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for everyone is duty. God will judge you for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad.
0: (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well done, Dan. Uh, let's pray father god thank you for your word lord thank you that it is always alive it is always true and this morning father we pray holy spirit would you use your word to glorify jesus would you catch us would you transform would you help us to live fully surrendered lives to you for the glory of your name lord would would many see and hear and come into knowing you here in harlow in essex in the united kingdom and in the kingdoms around the world father god Do greater things for the glory of your name, we ask in Jesus' beautiful name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. One of the things I just wanted to uh, encourage, just before we get again the passages, uh, just reflecting uh, a lot this last week. And uh, one of the things I I remember... when we were back uh, a couple or oh, three years ago now, I think it is, you know, we met in a theatre and the theatre was set kind of like in a, a U shape. Some of you would have been there. And the good thing about that was that it engaged a lot more. So as you were speaking, as we were praying, as we were worshipping, there was a lot more uh, amens and clapping and engagement. And I think the move to the cinema, which was obviously designed for passive entertainment of just sitting, I think has robbed us of some of the things God would put in us. And so I want to just provoke us a little bit that actually, you know, there's nothing wrong with nodding your head. There's nothing wrong with smiling, clapping, do you know what I mean, and, and enjoying the things of God? Do you know what I mean, you know, it builds one another up. And certainly, as someone who's preached in all the settings, I think it definitely builds one up. Do you know what I mean? So can we just sort of get back to the, the occasional amen and we'll try and build it back in? Yeah, okay. People are on it already. We'll leave it there. Okay, so uh, straight off the bat today, okay, uh, we've got three areas, and uh, one's going to go very quickly. The second one's going to be a little bit longer, and the third one, I think, is where God would really speak, and probably has already been speaking. So we're going to, we got today, we've got a fact, we've got a question, and we've got a challenge. And actually. Jill and Menard uh, could have done this message for me, I think, a lot shorter from, from the contributions they've had already. So be bearing in mind, that, you know, Menard said, you know, God is looking for a people who are sold out for him. He has bigger things to do. And Jill had that word surrender, which uh, is in about two pages on my notes time. Um, but we get there. So, fact, same root roof of life for all. Um, you know, <laughs> facts of uh, facts of life. We've talked about them a lot in Ecclesiastes. Is that there's one common route really? That at some point we come into the earth, and some point we leave it. <laughs> you know, you know. There's 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 differences of time and schemes and everything else, but but basically there is one plan or one pathway that we're on there. Do you know what I mean? And Solomon briefly re- mentions there a few times, you know, remember the days of your youth. Do you know what I mean? You know, those carefree days where, you know, you went to school and summer seemed to last forever. Do you know what I mean? Where things just appeared on the table and there was no stress about them. You know, where, where life just rolled, didn't it, in a different way. You know, and I think, you know, you can, you can hear Jesus, you know, years later, you talk about that childlike faith of just just enjoyment. But there is, you know, that's where we start off with the days of our youth. Do you mean? And then Solomon starts talking about adulthood. And uh, this is where a lot of us will groan, which isn't encouraging, so we won't stick with that. We'll just stick with clapping and amens. Um, but, you know, he, he seriously paints out there, doesn't it? You know, that the life's going to get harder. You know, he has three verses from uh, verse two through to five, you know, of you'll be rising with the birds. Oh, wonderful. I love that every day, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're going to be working, do you know what I mean, you know, there's going to be days of trouble, there's going to be days of hard work, there's going to be days where you're providing for things, where you're just doing stuff, do you know what I mean, and hear me, that's God's plan, you know, man was designed for work, but but, it, but it's a different season, isn't it, do you know what I mean, you know, no longer can I just give my mate Neil a, a ring and, and on, the, on, a, on a corded telephone and jump on my BMX and go around the corner and go up the fields and just do whatever we used to do, which you don't need to necessarily need to know. Do you know what I mean? You know, because that's not it anymore. Do you know what I mean? You know, now my phone rings and I, I look at it and I've got about ten missed WhatsApp messages, mostly from you. Lot. <laughs> Do you know, and then I've got even you know, but life has a habit, doesn't it? It changes as you get older. You know, I used to I used to laugh so much when my parents and grandparents at Christmas meals and stuff would say, Oh, that year's gone faster than the last one, and I'd kind of sit there thinking, I don't understand what you're on about. And now I sit there and I'm like, it's another Christmas. <laughs> you know? It's another year. You know, I'm off to New Day in another in another in a week. Do you know I mean? And it seems like I just got back last year with Michael and Rebecca, and then we prayed them out last week, and and now I'm back up there again. And it's like, where's that year gone? Do you know I mean? You know, time flies. It really does. You know, and in it we get caught up in stuff. So you know, let our fact for the morning is basically there is a common route <laughs> given to mankind that rolls from birth to death. Yes, there are variances along it. But that's how Solomon opens and that's how history itself records. But what Solomon does do in here is he lays out that within one common root, there are two different paths. And again, lots of you will know this if you've been around in the Ecclesiastes series because uh, there's a very blunt question that Solomon's throwing through it all is are you on the path following God or are you not on the path following God? That there's no middle ground. He's quite clear that there are there are two ways. You know, you know. If we go back, chapter one, uh, you know, started with that meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Yeah, you know, and Lee helpfully unpacked that. What what Solomon is saying here is that no, no, life isn't meaningless, but life without God is meaningless. That there is meaning if we choose to pursue it and find it. You know that life with God, with Jesus at the centre, extremely satisfying has eternal hope and purpose. Without that, everything you aspire to is meaningless. And we've used countless illustrations in the last few months. You know we've used illustrations of bank balances. Do you mean of saying, well, that won't keep you alive? Do I you mean? You know, you might be. You might even have the latest iPhone 10 on pre-order. Okay, but it's not going to help you if your body's failing. You know, we've used that. It can't be taken with you. Do you know what I mean? You know, we, we've looked at that. You know, you know. Solomon has mentioned in chapter four. Okay, so you aspire to build stuff up to pass it on to those you love or descendants, but there's no knowing what they do. Do you know what I mean? You know, and again, history records, you know, people have tried to put caveats on. Oh, you, know, you can have my million uh, uh, daughter or son, providing you live this way. And it's caused feuds, it's caused people to, to bang up. It just doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, it just builds re- disobedience, resentment and stuff. You know, and when, when we have to look at what the Bible is teaching, and the Bible teaches that we, ha- that we are individually created by an all-loving God. A God who himself came down and died on a Roman cross so that anyone, that's you and I, or anyone who puts their hope in him can have eternity with him. That, that, that is one pathway. That, that rather than the cry of our life on, on the other pathway being meaningless... You know, I, you know, you know I, I'm empty. I don't know what I'm striving for. There's always something missing. There's always something more. The cry of those who follow God is, yeah, that we have a place. We have an acceptance. Do you know what I mean? You know, that, that at the end of the day, that we know our God is for us. That he writes in Scripture himself. That he promises to never leave us or forsake us. That you and I are accepted. We just sung it a minute ago. Do you mean you know I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Yeah, that in Christ, that every single human being can find hope, can find purpose, can find meaning, can find acceptance, because we are known by our Creator and Sustainer. But that doesn't mean that life then goes smoothly. Both pathways, with God and without, you will still encounter life's breakers. The big difference is that when I'm with Christ, I come under his shelter, and so I have his promises to stand on. So rather than just being puny little Ben Clark, or even more muscly Steve, you know what I mean? You know, I can re- rejoice. <laughs> Had to get that one in there, buddy. <laughs> it's completely thrown me as well. But I can have the confidence, don't I, of it's not me, it's him. Do you know what I mean? You know, that my confidence is in Christ. That, that yes, you know, when, I was at, when I'm at school following Jesus, yeah, I might be ridiculed. Do you know what I mean? I might be humiliated. I might have to make some tough decisions of not copying homework, of not lying in class, of not bunking off, of not doing things with the girlfriend or boyfriend. There are, there are choices, but, but, but in it, God will honour. That as I start to work, do you know what I mean? You know, there comes an, an, an honouring of God in the workplace, of not fiddling the timesheet, of, of not taking extended breaks. Do you know what I mean? Of actually lunch being an hour if it's an hour. Do you know what I mean? Of turning up when we're supposed to, of not being involved in gossip, of working as unto the Lord, of doing these things and trusting that he will lead us in them. Do you know what I mean? Because the package is, you know, as Menard said, is God is looking for a people who are sold out for him. Do you know what I mean you, know, you know, if Christ is going to be my covering of my identity that's the deal if not then it's puny ben do you know what I mean and, and you know one has no hope one has a lot of hope you know uh, I was reminded I had a, a friend tweet me this week had just been down to the British Museum and I, I love the British Museum I really do I used to work just around the corner from it and I, I regularly drag my my kids there and I also learned this week that it is one of Britain's national treasures did you know and this will be an interesting fact that will probably help you never, that it is the largest building on Google Street View in the United Kingdom. There you are, fact. That's my, that's my only knowledge, no. But it is. It's a great museum. And one of the things I like in there is that uh, we, went to the, we did the Egyptian section about three years ago when Amelia was studying Egypt. And I was walking through it, and there's all the mummies. There's the tombs. There's, I mean, you know, okay, you could get wise in England, but you get the idea. It's all there. And what were they doing? And there's a big, big, you know, little nice pamphlet. And it just says, you know, basically, they were taking with them things ready for the next life they were preparing for themselves that was the quote you know what they needed for the journey ahead and 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 tourists and stuff we walk past and we ridicule it because well if you prepared it for ahead how comes I'm looking at it 2000 years later mate <laughs> didn't work did it we ridicule it and yet if we're not careful we start doing the same in our hearts that we start trying to prepare for our own lives of doing puny ben rather than surrender to christ you know, and, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, the Bible's taught us that, you know, and so, really, our question, you know, two different paths, which one are you on, because you can't be on both, and, again, think about that, and talk to people around you, uh, you know, I'd love to have chats at things on that, you know, uh, you know, we believe, the Bible tells us, that life tastes better with Christ, and, uh, and that's our challenge, is really to push in and follow that. And then the, then the challenge this morning comes at the sting of the tail, really, of, of Ecclesiastes, as if there hasn't been enough going along, in verses 13 and 14. And verses 13 and 14, it says, you know, Here is the conclusion of the matter fear God and keep his commandments. This is the duty of all mankind. Not an option, this is the duty. For God will bring into deed every judgment, gulp, including every hidden thing, double gulp, whether it be good or evil. The humour deliberately put in, because actually it's a very serious deal. That that God sees us all as we are. Do you know what I mean? And and that's what the account we're going to give. We have a puny Ben's been along path one. Or, or, or been in Christ has been on path two, both come to the same point at the end before God, and give account. That's what he's saying. You know, there's no oh, but no, no, no. And, and he's also saying we don't know when that those paths come before him. You know, we walk that way. You know, but for those of us who're in Christ, we could rephrase this a little from the same writer in Proverbs three, five, and six, which says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, (laughs) acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Many coffee cups sold on many Christian conferences and we'll be this summer with that on the side. And I pray so because in it, there's a trusting in God. You know, it's living life with God at the centre. You know, it's it's God's central in, in more than just a name. You know, and that's the scream of Solomon's heart coming through, really. That at the end of it all, you're gonna give account to the one. So so get it right. Do you know what I mean? You know, Solomon, you can hear him, can't you, from the page saying that I had money. Don't be conned by. I had more wealth than any. Do you know what I mean? I had gold, piles of the stuff. I didn't even bother counting the silver because I had so much gold. Silver was just like shrapnel. Do you know what I mean? You know, I had every conceivable type of cloth and robe, and my banquets were were known throughout, you know, all the known world. I had so many butlers and slaves. I didn't need to do anything. You know, I had people massage me. I had people do my hard labour. I had more sex than I should have done. Do you know what I mean? You know, I had people <laughs> bowing down to worship and do everything to me. And it, all my status and all my power, all of it is meaningless without him. And here we stand in 2019 taking a little bit of that saying, well, actually, maybe Solomon didn't have it quite. No, no let's just forget that. Different guys, same thing. You know, that life is meaningless without Jesus Christ at the centre. And nothing matters more than our daily walks with God, to God. Because that's what he designed us for, is to walk in in relationship, to worship him. You know, it's living God's way through and through, in every daily choice we make. Is it biblical? Is it not? Is it leading God's way? Is it in line with his word? Is it in line with... Myself, I was struggling a little with this, and I was thinking, I need God, where are you leading on this? And I remember Paul writing uh, in 2 Corinthians, and in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter three, eighteen, Paul is talking a lot about worship and other things, and he says, You know, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. And the being transformed just lit up at me. Because I think sometimes, maybe as Christians, we think, well, I chose to follow God. I've even got a little card that says it that my Sunday school teacher gave me. (laughs) Job done. And I think you'd miss the point. You know, yes, you know, there is a correctness there. You know, Romans 10, written by Paul as well, says, you know, if you declare with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. You know, that's it. The, but there's, that, there's, a, there's a working out, isn't it? You're missing something. Because yes, salvation is assured, but it's the daily walk with God. You know, the transforming of ourselves, the being used by the Almighty, of thinking, I don't even rate myself. And yet the God of heaven has plans and purposes. You know, I sometimes, I don't even like, well, most of the time, I don't like myself. But God pours his love on me. He calls me to walk with him. He calls me to enjoy him. He gives me stuff to do for the glory of his name because he delights in me. And that's what we fear we miss if we're not daily being transformed. We stay where we once were. And that's not the calling of God. I was, uh, I was really pleased with one of my students this last week. I got a really good little gift at the end of term. And uh, I think this one was divinely inspired. So I'm going to share it and unpack it a little bit. And uh, this is my new coffee mug, which when you come around, I will be using in front of you. Okay. And as you can see, divine revelation given to my student. I will say no more, but I, I received it. <laughs> And just in case he was unsure who it was and you tried nicking my mug, it definitely isn't, (laughs) okay? So, you know, this is what an awesome teacher looks like. Well, I I want to argue a little bit. (laughs) No, don't, okay? Because uh, what is an awesome teacher? Do you know what I mean? What is a person in their current life? And to help me unpack this, I'm going to possibly ridicule so I'll give you a warning. I just need someone who doesn't mind having a bit of laughter at the front for to come on, Mark, come on up. Always in, always in for a penny. Uh, and you know, so we're talking awesome teacher. I want to talk about uh, you know a fine specimen of mankind. So this is very apt. We have Mark. This is it. Okay, Mark, looking young and trendy and slightly nervous. No, that's good. And, and my. Po- <laughs> No, no, I haven't got anything. This was uh, last last minute. But my point is, when we look at Mark, okay, we, we see we see Mark here, don't we? Yeah, uh, Mark. What did you eat for breakfast yesterday? This will get weirder, by the way. You didn't, okay? What did you eat for lunch yesterday? Oh, nice. What did you have in your sub? Chicken. Chicken in a wrap. Good. Okay. What did you drink? decaf Are you still on decaf and coffee, yeah. coffee. Uh, then we go decaf, oh, okay good i've been praying that for that <laughs> uh so you, so yesterday you had some chicken you had some coffee what about uh, during the week uh, what did you have in what did what did you have at lunch when you were working at school it's always subway <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the right person to pick no, <laughs> <it's> to <remember. laughs> no always subway yeah it's always the same what's favorite food then That can't be subway <laughs> Oh, yes, it is actually, isn't it? You you do like a a, a pizza, yeah? And so when you're looking at Mark, can you see a pizza? Uh, (laughs) pizza Is is there a a little chicken wing poking out there? Do you know what I mean? You know, can we see lovely Colombian coffee beans popping out of his ears? No, he just hasn't washed them. And what about when you were little, Mark? Let's go back a little bit, okay? So, favourite kids' uh, food, sweet. What, 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 was, what was your thing? Mars, opal Snickers. Opa, oh, good one. Opal fruits, Starburst. Who, who are more modern? Again, did you eat few of those? So, so <laughs> okay. So again, this fine specimen, fueled by Opal fruits. <laughs> A new revelation. This is my undo, some of my help in a minute. Okay. Uh, what, what about healthy stuff, Mark? Uh, fruit and veg. Favorite fruit, favorite veg? Uh, favorite fruit is kiwi Okay. Uh, favorite veg is carrots. Okay. And again, um, I can't see any carrots poking out because they're going to be longer thin. Uh, no kiwi fruits either? No. 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 And And lastly, okay, your favorite f- fizzy beverage of all time? Oh, good call. Let's just have a quick, who else here likes Dr. Pepper? It is one, yeah, it's one of my favourites, they don't make enough of it. But again, you don't look like a, a sort of Dr. Pepper, do you? No. Let's give Mark a round of applause and then I'll try and make it make sense. In that, in, 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 in that we're, we're a product of what we consume. We, we don't turn into it, but we are a product of it. And, and you can see where I'm going here. Do you mean that in our Christian lives it's very similar? That yes, we have a moment of salvation, we accept Jesus, but then we become a product of our everyday stuff. And just as our earthly bodies, they, they either thrive or they malfunction, depending on what you put into them. Do you mean, yeah, most of you will have probably come across, uh, you know, uh, Super Size Me, a very famous thing where a guy just lived on McDonald's uh, and it didn't go well. Do you know what I mean you know, went ill? We've heard of other people who, who have literally just refused food. And if we refuse food, we become weak and eventually pass away. And just as those things affect our earthly bodies, what we do spiritually also has a big deal. You know, it's where it's where Solomon is finishing Ecclesiastes, where Proverb comes to land. That if 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 you feed your earthly body rubbish, you're going to become unfit. You feed your feed your spiritual soul rubbish. Just gonna loot, just gonna drift off. Do you know what I mean if you if you don't feed your earthly body at all, it's gonna die and shrivel up. Don't feed your spiritual body at all; It's gonna dry and shrivel up. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's a lot of parallels that are coming in here, and my heart really is that we don't try to feed ourselves rubbish that this world throws at us. That a lot of the stuff that goes around just isn't the way God created us to live. You know, it's it's therefore holding this book. And asking God, how would you have me build my life, oh God? You know, you designed me. You created me. Lord, you know, I'm going to become the product of, of my daily decisions, of my daily little things. You know, you know uh, if we go to the end of the Old Testament in Malachi, Malachi 3, there's this, there's this passage that, that, that's been with me for years. Uh, and it's, I'm going to read it and then I'll explain. It says, you know, in Malachi 3, the Lord says, I, the Lord, do not change. <laughs> So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how do we we return? Will Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. Brutal words. But you ask, how are we robbing? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, and that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven, and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. The example financial, the principle, I think, can go wider. That, that if we live in the ways of our God, under the coverings of our God, we can expect the blessings and providence of our God. If we come outside of that, <laughs> it's not, not the best place to be. We can dry, we can shrivel. We can, we can not become the fine specimens God would call us to be. You know, God deserves the very best. He deserves, you know, our first fruits of, of our finances, of our time, of our skills. You know, do, you know, so the question coming out is, do we give God what is right or do we give him leftovers? You know, and, and, and think about that because it's huge in our culture where, you know, things fly around, where time is so precious, where, where using the skills we've got has become kind of secondary, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. You know, Work decisions, relationship decisions, tax decisions, <laughs> location decisions. <laughs> Bring them before God. Honour him in, in the small things and you grow to honour him in the bigger things. There's no point in starting with, with the monster in front of you. No, honour him in the small, the waking, the acknowledging. This is the day you've made, oh God, of saying thank you, God, for, for, the, for the plate of, I don't know, Weetabix in front of me, If you know, on this mark, in which case just thank him for an empty plate because you're fasting. Do you know what I mean? You know, but thank him for the small things. Learn to give thanks and give praise. You know, Learn to cultivate that actually we're going we're gonna to give God the best. Therefore, I'm not going to show up late to life group or church because I'm giving God the best that I'm not going to miss this text to this person because I know they need help and they're my brother and sister in Christ because that's what God calls me to. You know, that we carry him at a deeper level into the things we've done. But I also want to put a pretty blunt uh, phrase in that please don't therefore assume that God is some sort of slot machine where you play the, I'm going to honour you God, And you're going to do this for me, God. Because we've covered that. But I want to be overt on it. That it's not, God, I've read my Bible. (laughs) You know? Not at all. Not at all. He is God. (laughs) We read the Bible because he's allowed us to. Because he's blessed us to. Because it will enrich us. Because it will do us good. We talk to him because there is no higher calling for you or I than to talk to our creator. Well, we do these things purely to bring us closer to him and bring glory to his name. Not to try and twist the, uh, the arm of the almighty. Yes, he promises to never leave you or forsake you. Yes, he'll fight your battles for you. Okay? But he'll do those in his way, in his time. Okay? For his glory. And that may well differ to my way and your way. But I'm pretty sure in the word, it says, my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. <laughs> so we need to get used to it. That he is our foundation. He is one we can build our lives on. And when we do so, we can have every confidence he'll lead us through things. And in a moment, we're, we're going to sing the song, Build My Life. Okay. And we're going to sing it as a declaration of you, where you are. You know, it's not trying to impress person next to you or left to you. This is God, I'm here. And please, don't just be singing it for the sake of words. It's not words. This is, this is saying, sovereign God, you are the one I'm going to put my foundation on. God, I know I've got to sort this. I might have to sort that. God, I give you praise for the growth I've had in that area. And as we do that, or just before we do that, I just want to talk for a couple of seconds, a bit of of history, about one of my favourite characters. And you've heard me mention him before. Uh, One of my favourite characters was Scottish. Uh, He was an athlete. He played rugby union uh, uh, and was a missionary and also an Olympian. And you'll know him because obviously uh, the film Chariots of Fire and everything was written about him. He's Eric Liddell. And uh, Eric Liddell... Uh, was born in China to missionary parents, and, it, and his sole goal in life was to honor God. And uh, this is just a real brief summary. It says as a sportsman, Eric was known for his real gentlemanness. He was gentle and showed concern for other colleagues and also the opposition. He was known, at the beginning of every event to take time to shake hands with every one of his competitors. <laughs> Big deal, just different way of doing things. It says uh, that Eric, when he was selected for the British team at the 1924 Olympic Games, it, he felt this was an opportunity to honour God at a world stage. But before he left for Paris, he discovered that the heats of the 100 metres, which was his event, were going to be held on a Sunday. And to him, st- competing on a Sunday would go against what he stood for for 100 years. And he believed the Sabbath, therefore, was a complete day of rest and worship and not for running. It was how he built himself. Uh, he was put under pressure to go up uh, and then go against his convictions. And uh, and the prize of international fame and gold medals w- were there, weren't they? Uh, he was even accused of being unpatriotic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, so, so, so this double-edged uh, thing. But Eric records and, and lived out that his relationship with God was more important than the prospect of a gold medal. And he decided not to run. And instead, on the Sunday when the heats were, he actually offered to voluntary preach at a church in Paris instead. (laughs) So so he proclaimed God's word. Um, It says, obviously, the the Olympic Committee, they did let him run in the 200 metres, where he ran a bronze medal. And then they gave him the chance to run in the 400 metres, which is where the film comes from, which wasn't his event. And as such, he wasn't expected to do well. Um, but he got up in the morning, left his hotel room, went down and as he was on the, the running track, it's well recorded, that uh, a note from, uh, they believe it's an American sort of uh, kit man or whatever, was passed to him. And on the note it, it read, it says in the old book, Him that honours me, I will honour. Ble- wishing you the best of success. You know, the part in the old book referred to loosely is 1 Samuel Chapter 2, verse 30, where God says, But now the Lord declares, far be it from me. Those who honour me, I will honour. And uh, the film and it and history records that Eric ran the race of his life. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, he didn't only take gold, but he actually set a new world record. An event he hadn't trained for in the Olympics uh, back there in 1923. And then following on from his success there, he was, that just opened the doors for him to speak at many events about athletics about other things but also about christ and his motto uh to the end was christ for the world for the world needs christ yeah, just one example of a, a challenge to live for god and the oppositions we're going to face so if we can stand please uh we're just going to sing and then i'm just going to pray for us all to close off and uh we'll enjoy things